Jeremiah 29, 20, verse 9 says this, His word is like, fi- like in my heart, like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. May this scripture we're about to read be a spark that sets you aflame. John chapter 1, 1 through 5. I'm going to ask that you would read verse 5 with me when we, when we get there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. Join your voice with mine. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you uh, again, as Pastor Lori did earlier, if you would like to connect with Pastor Lori and or myself to text CONNECT to 931-388-3306. That's an easy number to remember. It's on the front of our bulletin. Uh, it's our landline uh, office number. Uh, and if you're joining us on the live stream this morning, uh, you can simply uh, Google, or it may be down there in the comments, 931-383-306. Thank you for uh, experimenting with us on the test uh, this morning. I opened my computer, that's why I, I preached from my manuscript, and, and I had all these notifi- t- uh, email notifications uh, that you actually did it. So I want to I wanna thank you. Uh, thank you for, for that this morning. We just want to make it as easy as we can uh, for us to connect with you. And uh, if, you, if you text CONNECT to that phone number, uh, Lori and I get an email, and that prompts us to uh, give you a call, give you a text, give you, a, give you an email. Jesus is Lord. I'll say that again. Woody, Woody jumped in there with an amen. Jesus is Lord. You can speak through your mask and sing through your mask. Amen. Jesus is Lord. We are in a series called Share. And uh, that word share comes out of our mission statement that, that Lori read earlier. We exist to share the transforming love of Jesus Christ with all people. This mission statement is our foundational purpose. It captures our target audience, all people. It names our service, or pro- I don't want to call it a product, I'll call it a service, the love of Jesus Christ. It says what makes Jesus' love unique from all other loves. Guess what? It's transformational. It calls us to action, to share. The first four books of the New Testament are often called the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're also known as the four evangelists. The word gospel is derived from the Anglo-Saxon term God spell, meaning good story, a rendering of the Latin evangelicum. And the Greek, euangelion, there we go, euangelion, meaning good news. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John 
wrote so that you could see for yourself who Jesus is, what Jesus has done for you, so that you yourself can know Jesus. John begins, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus, the very Word of God, the agent in creating all things, as the Word spoke light and life were brought forth into formless, void darkness, we read in Genesis 1. In that same chapter, John 1, Jesus, the Word, goes to the region of Galilee, and there he begins to call people to follow him. He finds a guy named Philip, and he simply says two words to Philip. He says, follow me. Jesus took the initiative with Philip. And now Philip is fully on board, and he goes and he finds his friend Nathaniel. This is Lee's translation. He said, hey, we have found the very person that Moses and all of the prophets have written about. His name is Jesus. He's the son of Joseph, and he's from Nazareth. Philip took the initiative with Nathaniel, and he became what we might call an evangelist. Now, you're picturing Philip with slick hair, an Italian suit. A gold furniture TV set, asking for your money and driving away in a Bentley. The word evangelist can conjure up some interesting images and expectations. But let's explore that word. Evangelist is from the Greek from evangelist is the English word from the Greek word meaning good news. You on Jelion. Let me show you what it looks like in Greek. It looks like that right there. You on Jelion. This is the transliteration version. We'll talk more about that in our Greek 101 class uh, that we will never have. Um, you on Jelion. You means good. When you go to a funeral and a eulogy is given... A good word is given. Angelion means message. It's where we get the English word angel from, a messenger. And so if you take you and Angelion together, we get good news. If we change the U to a V, and that's just a little Greek 101 uh, lesson, we get the word evangelist. One who brings the good news. When we share the good news of Jesus Christ in any way, we are being an evangelist. Do you remember last Lent when I began calling you saints? We had this walking around prayer that we were, we were praying throughout the season of Lent. And, and part of that, we were acknowledging ourselves in this transformation from being a sinner to becoming a saint to being a, a son and daughter of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I called you saints. Hello, evangelist. 
And when you share the good news of Jesus Christ with any way, you are being an evangelist. No slick hair, no Italian suits, no gold furniture, no Bentleys. When you share the good news of Jesus Christ, you are being an evangelist. Every follower of Jesus who calls themselves a Christian has the responsibility of being an evangelist. One who brings the good news. A responsibility. The clear sign has been given to share the good news. To go ahead and tell somebody about Jesus. When, when you hear Jesus say, follow me, there is no, that's the permission. The permission is given from there. Philip, from a sea town, heard two words from Jesus, follow me. And his next move was to find a friend and say, we found him. There's no mention of a seminary degree. There's no long nights wrestling with his perceived calling. There's no meetings with a district board of ordained ministry. I'll say amen to that one. He, he simply went to a friend and he said, we found him. He shared the word before there was hardly any action. He shared the word before he went through disciple Bible study, one through five. He shared the word before he joined a small group. He shared the word before he became a member of a church committee. He shared the word before a potluck supper was ever had. Philip surely didn't have all the answers to the questions. That he might be asked. Philip had an encounter with Jesus. His life intersected with Jesus. And he went and he found a friend. And he said we found him. Like all good sales staff know. That you're going to get some no's. <laughs> but don't give up. Philip in his first sharing of the good news. He got to know. He was first rejected. Nathaniel said this, and you've heard this sentence. You might not know where it came from, but you've heard this sentence probably. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip got to know. The good news deflected. The good news denied. An excuse made. An excuse given. Philip could have hung his head, but he attended this sales seminar one time. And the leader of the sales seminar said, if you get one no, go to the next door. Or keep pressing. Philip could have hung his head. He could have given up. He could have thrown in the towel. He could have never shared the good news again. Philip is solidly convinced, and he's not letting Nathaniel off the hook, nor miss the opportunity. And so Philip says, come and see. Jesus sees Nathaniel coming, and he says, behold, an Israelite indeed, a man of integrity. And with those words... Jesus melts away any barriers that Nathaniel had erected. And a dialogue ensues. Where did you get to know me? I saw you under a fig tree before Philip called you. 
Nathaniel, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. In a few sentences with Jesus, skepticism dissolves. And Nathanael rightly declares, Jesus, Son of God, King of Israel. All Philip did was get Nathanael into the presence of Jesus. And Jesus did the work. When we share the transforming love of Jesus Christ, it's not up to us to convince people that Jesus is real or that God is will or have all the answers. Get your friends, your family, your relatives, your neighbors, your associates into the presence of Jesus and let Jesus do the conversion. Philip took a risk. The risk of sharing God's word. This is also your call, it's my call, it's my risk, it's your risk to share God's word, to share the good news, to testify to others about God's actions in your life. And as you have ongoing encounters with Jesus, the word made flesh who dwelt among us, as you have those encounters yourself, you're creating new testimonies all the time. The gospel intersects your life and enables you to testify to God's transforming power. Here's the big question. Where has your life and the gospel intersected? We Methodists have in our DNA, DNA the encouragement of ladies sharing in the fun of sharing testimony, an active, upfront role. So I want you to hear this. If not for Methodist laity sharing their toast testimony, we, this congregation, this denomination, this movement of Wesleyanism would not be here today if it was solely dependent on the clergy. Wesley took it a step further, and it was a radical step for his day. Radical. Do you hear that word, radical? It was a radical step for his day. He enabled women to participate in sharing of testimony. He wrote in a sermon that he titled, On Visiting the Sick, he wrote these words, Let all you women that have in your power assert the right which the God of nature has given you. Yield not to that vile bondage any longer. You as well as men are rational creatures. You like them were made in the image of God. You are equally candidates for immortality. You too are called of God as you have time to do good unto, to, unto all. Be not disobedient to the heavenly calling. Whenever you have the opportunity, do all the good that you can, particularly to the poor, sick neighbor. I want to stick a marker right here for just a second. Well, let's be our marker. All right, we'll come, we're going to come back. I'm going to chase a rabbit trail. Have I ever said I'm going to chase a rabbit trail? If I just, I don't know that I've chased them. We're going to chase a rabbit trail. Y'all okay with that? We're going to stick a marker. We'll come back, right back to that. Wesley composed that sermon on visiting the sick in 1786. He was on tour in Scotland. 
And he published that sermon in his magazine, the Armenian Magazine, in September and October of 1786. Five years later, he died in 1791. All that took place in England. Now, in America, in the 17 years from 1773 to 1790, that 17-year space, America's population grew by 75% in those 17 years. During that same 17-year period, American Methodism grew by more than 5,500%. The Methodists were having a great impact on American society, spreading scriptural holiness across the land. If you know that time period, you know that women couldn't vote. Probably because, in the re short research that I did this week, probably because our voting rights in the U.S. at that time were transferred to us from England. We just kept what we were doing uh, when we were part of England So in, in the U.S. So it would be 21 male and own land. Soon a movement began. And in 1848, the Women's Rights Convention was held in Seneca Falls, New York, in a church. Wait for it. Wesleyan Chapel. So here's the rabbit trail where it's headed. A possible bridge of impact. Wesley included women who were not included. They shared their testimony. They shared Jesus in the church and out of the church in the Armenian magazine. They helped build the church. They impacted society. A movement began in America. Women gained the right to vote, 1920, the 19th Amendment. That's my rabbit trail. I'm trying, I don't know if that bridge exists, but I was looking at that bridge this week. So let's go back to our marker. Wesley's sermon on visiting sick, composed a sermon, 1786, on tour in Scotland. He published it in Armenian Magazine, September and October. So Wesley's sermons weren't the only items that were published in the Armenian Magazine. He also published personal religious experience encounters. So these encounters or these accounts of, of, of the lay people, where their lives intersected with the gospel, created kind of a, a narrative community for, for us Methodists. And so it was important for, for Wesley that his preachers and members recorded these experiences that they were having with Jesus, where their lives were intersecting with the gospel. And, and many Methodists at that time were poorly educated, and so they had anxiety about writing. And so Wesley offered to edit their accounts to alleviate any anxieties. So this anxiety was especially prevalent among women uh, who could write, and they were unsure of their abilities and their, their role within the Methodist public conversation. Nevertheless, women began overcoming their anxieties, and they began seeing themselves as called to speak out and to testify about what God had done in their lives. So one Rachel Bruff wrote in Armenian magazine an article titled, The Experience of Rachel Bruff, 
of Talbot County, Maryland. I found it interesting as I was reading this this week that there was a parenthesis right there that said, written by herself. She writes this. Not having the advantage of hearing the gospel preached in its purity, the Lord pointed me to his blessed word in which I read and meditated day and night, and found that it was by grace I was to be saved. I betook myself to constant prayer, which I considered as a great weapon against the enemy of my soul. I saw that Jesus was my advocate with the Father, and that I could have access to God in no other name. My heavenly Father showed me that His dear Son tasted death for every man. From the time I was brought to see the need of a change, I was sweetly drawn by the cords of love, having the precious promises opened to me. Rachel continues, and she lays out her journey. And I want to send that a link to her story in an email tomorrow, uh, as well as uh, three other uh, stories in the Armenian magazine. So uh, go to our website, News and Events tab, enter your email address uh, to get that email tomorrow morning. She continues, and she concludes with these words. Blessed be God. He is my shepherd and feeds my soul day by day with the bread of life. There is a precious treasure in my heart that is dearer to me than all the world. Jesus is everything I want by day and by night. Some may think it strange when they read these lines, but glory be to God, these things are faithful and true. I speak in humility. My happy soul seems sometimes to be taking its flight in the mansions of eternal glory. My little cottage is a paradise. Angel bands pitch their tents around it. Oh, that I could invite all the world to come to Jesus and taste how good he is. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the lily of the valley. He is the fairest among 10,000 and altogether lovely. Oh, for the tongue of an archangel to set forth his praise. Oh, Jesus, words fell. Time is too short to publish all I feel. But I'm wanting to be released from time and all its impediments. Was this the moment of my release? How would I rejoice? This week, I think it was Tuesday, as I was reading Rachel's testimony, these words at the very beginning that I read, having not the advantage of hearing the gospel preached in its purity. When I read that, there was a part of my soul that cried. And there was an internal Oh, the gospel, the good news is about the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. You can read about it in, in short in 2 Corinthians 15 and 2 Timothy 2.8 and Acts chapter 2, 14 through uh, 40 and Acts chapter 10, 34 through 43. I'll include that in the email tomorrow. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes, Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached 
to you before. You welcomed it then and you stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what is most important and what had also been passed on to me. Here's the gospel in its purity, the good news. Christ died for our sins. Just as Scripture said, He was buried and He was raised from the dead on the third day. Just as Scripture said. The story of Jesus is a redeeming story. Taking care of our sins, we are justified, sanctified, filled with the Spirit. And then our life radiates outward into the world, sharing our stories, bringing kingdom values and peace and justice and light to the world. Jesus is the center of God's story in the world. And we are called to look to Him, to be saved to Him, to live under Him, for Him to send the Spirit into our hearts so that we can live a life of holiness and grace in this world. We are then salt and light, life and love, peace and prosperity, justice and mercy to the world. This is the good news. The euangelion that you as an evangelist shares. What is your life? intersect with the good news of Jesus. In our accompanying book, The Transforming Evangelism, chapter 5 has some suggestions there on how you can begin now proclaiming the Word and not shying away from testifying how God is working in your life. Here's one of those ideas. The idea that we rejected this week was a hot mic and an open floor. Here's another idea. It's in your small groups, in your Sunday school classes that we now call collectively together our adult learning groups. It's there in those groups where participation is encouraged, where you have built friendships and relationships, uh, some over months, some over weeks, some over a period of years. This is the place for you to start sharing with people where your life has intersected the gospel. And as you share in those places, you begin gaining courage to speak openly about your faith in that trusted environment. In an email this week, I sent to our adult learning group leaders, and I asked that they would intentionally create time and space in the class time for you to share your testimony, where your life has intersected with the good news of Jesus. And as you walk with Jesus in this life, as you read the Word, as you pray, as you fast, you will have moments where the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in your life. And your life in Jesus and your relationship with others, transformation is going to happen. Share those moments of transformation in those small, small groups. What if those stories were collected, written down? printed for us to read how Jesus impacted the lives of the people called Methodists now. Our own little Armenian magazine. I, for one, would love to read your story. Christ our Lord invites to His table all who love Him. 
who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. If you're joining us by video this morning, I'm going to ask that uh, wherever you are, I'm going to ask you to change your posture. Uh, if you're sitting, I'm going to ask that you would bow. Uh, or if you may want to kneel uh, where you are on the video this morning in your home, uh, in your living room. Uh, here in person, I'm going to ask that you would uh, change your posture, even if slightly, uh, bowing your head, opening your hands, uh, maybe uh, leaning forward as, as much as possible, uh, just to change your posture as we go to a time of prayer. I want to come and kneel at the communion rail this morning as we pray together. Our call to worship this morning said, I wait quietly before God. And so I want to create an opportunity for you to wait quietly before the God, an intentional pause. You, O oh God, are a God of all grace. You have given us a Savior. So, Lord, we ask that you would produce in us a faith to live by Him. To make Him all of our desire, all our hope, and all our glory. It is in the Lord Jesus where we find refuge. It is on Him that is our firm foundation. It is in Him that we walk and live and breathe and move as our way. It's in Jesus that we follow as our God to conform to Him as our example. To receive His instructions as our prophet. To rely on His intercession as our high priest. To obey Him as our King. So as we find ourselves here before our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, before His throne. Offer to Him any personal confessions that you have. Sins that you need to forgive, be forgiven of relationships that you need restored confess to him your waywardness
And now I'm going to ask you to pray for, to talk to God about the people in your life that do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Talk to God about those friends and relatives, associates, neighbors, and strangers. Plead God to give them grace, grace that would draw them into a relationship with the Father through the Son. Now ask the Holy Spirit to give you opportunities to share the good news with those that you have just talked to the Lord about. Hear the good news. Jesus Christ, true and eternal, died for you while you were still in your sin. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Amen.